Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello and welcome to the Headliner Radio podcast. Today we're joined by Pete Rycroft, he's otherwise known as Lost Boy. He's a London-based writer and producer who has quite frankly been smashing it recently. How's it going, man? You good? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me, man. That's very kind. I'm excited, <laughs> I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be told that I'm smashing it. No, no, you really, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you really have, man. Obviously, um, it's been a bit of a weird time for everyone recently, yeah. but obviously you've been, uh, you've been cracking on, you know, staying focused and, and keeping busy, which is great. Yeah. Tell me about it. I mean, it's, it is such a, it's such a crazy time. And, and there's, there's weirdly, I was, you know, I've been so lucky that I've been able to keep working and it, and it has created a certain amount of guilt as well, because I'm surrounded by friends and family that are horrifically affected by this whole situation. And I'm just sat here in this cozy little room trying to make beats and yeah. still able to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mad times. It is mad times. It is mad times. So how, how are things for you at the moment? Obviously, um, you, yeah. you, you've spent, you've been spending a lot of time in the studio. Yeah. I mean, this, this is the, the crazy thing is I live 10 minutes from the studio and the studio is in Queens park. I live in Kensal green. Mm-hmm. So it's about, a, you know, 10 minute drive or, or 15 minute walk. Um, and so over lockdown, I was so lucky because I basically had just moved in here. I was the only person in this whole complex because they just developed it. Um, so I was able to sort of use my 10 minutes of exercise to kind of walk to the studio <laughs> and still be in this qu- this quarantine space like there's no one else in this building even the builders weren't here um yeah, yeah. and it's you know airtight room so i was so lucky yeah i was able to kind of work all the way through lockdown and we and we kind of had managed to get enough projects together just before it all kicked off mm. lined up and and like in the pipeline sort of just about to start work on them that it actually worked out sort of freakishly well. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like the timing was perfect. Really. Sounds like. Yeah, totally. Like, I don't know if you know, but I I did, I've been doing a lot of stuff with the vamps and yeah. Yeah. That was kind of like, you know, not to, to pie anyone off, but I was like, Oh, I don't know if I'm, you know, like how much time should I commit to this vamps thing? And then lockdown hit and we were like, okay, well, Mm. there's an album to be made here. Like this is like, you know, an opportunity to really dig into a project, which I haven't done in a while and, and sort of really help sculpt a sound for a new era of yeah. a band. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, we just made the most of it, man. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. It's great that you've, you've had that, you know, keeping you busy and, um, and like say yeah. something to keep focused on. Have you been kind of, how have you been sort of music, musically speaking, have you been as productive and as, as kind of creative as you would have, have, have liked? <laughs> Um, I think at first there was a bit of a wobble, um, creatively, yeah. and I'm not sure if that was because of this whole zoom thing, everyone's on zoom. And so it was t- sort of a weird adjustment phase where I was getting used to that and just logistically how that works. And, and sort of, it is, a, you know, creatively a little bit stifling if you're not used to it because you don't have any of the energy from people in the room with you. And mm-hmm. it's just sort of, has a little bit of a delay people are talking over each other and it's kind of like uh, um <laughs> but we once we got <laughs> used to that it was kind of okay it was kind of great in a way because it was like a sort of escape like, yeah. you know yeah. if i wasn't doing if i wasn't writing tunes i'd just be sort of sat in my flat um 
eating. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? I there wasn't anything else to do, really. So. Yeah, we've all been doing yeah. a lot of that, I think. Um, yeah. But like you say, it sort of gives gives people what's given you a chance to kind of take a step back, think about your writing, focus on the music, and um, just be just be really productive, which is which is great. Totally. I mean, we had to rethink a few, th- you know, because like I was, the plan was I, I'm sort of in the middle of applying for a US visa, and and obviously that's all gone. Pete Tong, yeah, Jeez, yeah. yeah. So, so we're sort of we had to rethink this whole year because I was going to be spending half the year there, and and it was like a bit. It felt a bit of a. I was stressed out by that at first, but but it's worked out so well. So lucky to be honest. Of mm, mm. yeah. obviously, like live music has completely ground to a halt um, yeah. over these last few months, which is which is just nuts. Um, and. I've, a lot of people I've spoke to have really been missing that side of it, the live music as- aspect, you know, getting out there, being on the road. What about, what about yourself? Is there anything, you know, you said you've oh, been really totally. productive, but is what, what have you been missing most about like the whole thing? Like, I mean, that really is, is it like you, you hit the nail on the head for me as a writer, producer, honestly, live, the live music, the, when the songs are played live, that is the ultimate like payoff for me I, I think that's mm, mm. the moment i enjoy most and it's a real shame because you know a lot of the people a lot of the acts that i've been working with recently like the vamps or little mix or whatever so much of their business and the way they work is it's live based yeah. on live and, it, and it's sort of even when you're writing you're thinking about that and we started the album thinking oh this is going to be amazing live and ended the album thinking, okay, it's probably not going to be amazing live for a year or so. Yeah, yeah. So what are we going to, like, is it, are we going to sort of rethink what we're doing here? But, um, yeah, it's such a shame. And I think a lot of people are rethinking how they're, how they're releasing records now. And it's, it's, it's hard. But from what I hear, they're starting to sort of pencil dates in for next yeah, year. Yeah, yes, things are slowly kind of, ticking over you know the cogs are turning a little bit now um like you say festivals although they've all been cancelled for this year you know some have got dates for next year and they've announced lineups and stuff so you know an element of touch and go isn't there i think it's just like we're gonna have to see yeah exactly exactly um i just want to go back a little bit if i might um and just to and just talk about kind of how you first got into to writing and producing because you know you've been doing it a little while now so yeah so I, i mean so it's the kind of classic story. Um, I don't want to bore you with it too much, but I was at I was at school and I initially started playing piano. Um, but then uh, when I was at high school, got drum lessons and got really into drumming. Okay. Um, and then inevitably, sort of started um, a band with some mates, um, and we were sort of doing all sorts of like. It ended up going quite heavy, like kind yeah. of metal and yeah. all that sort of stuff. <clears throat> um, but I think that's where it's that's where my the sort of sparks the idea where I was like this is you know this production could be a thing that I get into because we were in bands that sounded a bit crap and I was just like we were trying to record the things our, ourselves because I grew up in Gloucestershire like in the middle of nowhere really there weren't any sort of you know commercial studios <laughs> around. Yeah. So we just sort of taught ourselves how to use Pro Tools um, and really got into recording stuff um, and just basically figured it out myself from there. I never really had any production lessons or anything like that. Wasn't, it's not something we learned at school. Um, 
So it was just, yeah, in bands, trying to make them sound better, basically. Yeah. yeah. And then eventually moved to London. I was born in London, but grew up in Gloucestershire. Okay, okay. And moved back to London when I was 18. Right. Started at a, a uni there, um, doing a songwriting course, but didn't really end up feeling like I was getting my money's worth, to be honest, because it was, you know, it was a lot of money. Um, I mean, and yeah. For a degree in something that is, you know, you is the d- degree is not going to get you anywhere if you turn up to whatever mm. Sony Records. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my degree in songwriting, <laughs> uh, it doesn't really mean anything. So I kind of had a bit of an epiphany and was like, what if I just spent this nine grand a year or whatever on just living in London uh, or like extending the mm. amount I could live in London? Yeah. Um, and then I met a, a lawyer who was sort of my first point of contact for the industry and he introduced me to my manager Mm -hmm. and we've been together for five years since then the three of us yeah um and then i started working with all sorts of artists just like doing sessions with anyone i could friends but also just like new artists that had gotten in touch with matthew my manager Mm -hmm. um just trying to make stuff that was interesting um and i i also put out some music myself that got picked up by radio one and, and was like a tr- track of the week, like introducing track of the week or something. And that started to sort of get the attention ball rolling. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that was back in the age of sort of like hype machine and blogs and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those, that was really like where I was getting attention and then so, I've been oh, doing some work. Yeah. Sorry. I was going to say, and how did, how did you first, um, how did you first meet Fraser? Fraser T. Smith, obviously. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. yeah. He, um, I'd put some music out with an artist called Damien Ike. Uh, I was like producing, writing it. Um, and it never necessarily like kicked off as much as we had envisioned it, but he somehow heard a a song or a demo, um, of this guy that I'd, that I'd written uh and produced and he just reached out to my management and and was like you know this is sounds great would love to sort of work and get um just sort of get involved on some things and so he started sending me i think he was in la at that point but he was sending me things to finish and Mm. just do production additional production and finishing on and that's how i got sort of like my first few major label credits really as a producer was like Anne marie or uh gavin james or whatever you know bits that he was working on and he got me involved in and then um he he sort of realized i was a writer as well and and so i signed my first deal to fraser as well publishing deal okay okay yeah yeah so for obviously obviously for listeners who may not know um fraser t smith he's you know ivan novello winning producer uh best known for his work with some big names in the UK and, you know, rap grime scene, Stormzy, Dave. Um, I mean, it must've been incredible to have that kind of support and to start off with someone who, you know, um, you know, such a big name in the game kind of thing. Like that must've been pretty awesome. Yeah. I think for me, it was always like uh, up until that point, I'd felt a little bit insecure about the fact that I wanted to work on everything. Do you know what I mean? Like I was working on genres, from you know like gabrielle aplin to like so like folky pop to like really hard like uk urban stuff yeah and when i met fraser it was kind of like uh oh so you can do that 
and be successful and mm. do a bit of everything. Um, cause, cause up to that point, I think if you're trying to break through as a new producer, there's a lot of pressure to sort of have your sound and be this like thing that everyone wants to go to for the, the sound. Yeah. The issue with that is that the sound inevitably kind of isn't cool after a bit or it dies out or moves yeah. on. Yeah. So it was just really good to meet someone like that, that, that encouraged me to be diverse mm. and I could mm. see that it worked in his career as well. Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, if you know, if you kind of stick to one genre, you kind of endanger yourself, you know, you, you kind of put yourself in danger of pigeonholing or niching yourself and then that kind of yeah. passes and then, but yeah, but having that diversity, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty awesome. And obviously, like you say, you come from a background where you, you know, you sound like you've got like an eclectic taste in music coming from bands and stuff. Um, yeah, so it totally. just kind of, yeah, kind of worked out I mean, organically I, like that. Yeah. I'm a, my sort of back, my growing up, I was, you know, my dad was into classical music and he but also played like genesis and peter gabriel and like all mm, these kind mm. of like so I, I really did grow up around all all genres uh and i guess that's just kind of so i've never really been able to like focus on any any particular genre and stick with it yeah yeah that's uh, yeah. cool though because i guess it keeps your work fresh all the time doesn't it it just gives you and kind yeah. of a new challenge every day i guess um which totally is, which is and it, in a weird way it gives a new meaning to the name lost boy like that a mm. few people have said that it's like he's he's kind of like just everywhere all over the <laughs> place, like lost <laughs> in I terms like of genre <laughs> yeah yeah i like that i like that yeah i mean you are kind of you know i said at the beginning of the chat you know i said you're smashing it but you really are like fast becoming kind of this go-to producer in london you've you've written with the likes of Mabel, BB Rexa, Little Mix, you said the Vamps, Tom Brennan, Lewis Capaldi, yeah. Liam Payne. Um, you did the remix of Dua Lipa's Swan Song, which I, is a track that I really like. Um, and you've achieved all that in quite a short space of time, haven't you? Which is it's quite incredible. Um, yeah, I think it's... Yeah, yeah it, it feels like... It doesn't feel like that to me, but I guess, yeah, I guess it is It is quite a short space of time. yeah. And and tell us a little bit about how kind of some of those collaborations came about. Um, well, I mean, there's you know every every one of those has a, a completely different story, to be honest. But the main, yeah, I mean, I think I started with <clears throat> started with Gabrielle Aplin. That was kind of the first like collaboration that I had when uh, I was still working from like my bedroom, and it was kind of a bit touch and go and i was like oh my god this is such a big opportunity and it was like the first time i'd had a sort of artist that i knew was popular and was like i was a fan of growing up yeah coming around to like be in my house and walk past my like flatmate in his pants and i'm like freaking <laughs> out and they're like just like you know trying to make her as comfortable as possible um <laughs> and just you know that was my first real like pressure in session yeah. in person session and that uh, we ended up writing a song called Waking Up Slow, which was a single for her. And that was like one of my first independently from Fraser sort of singles that came out. And okay. that really sort of opened the door into other labels and other A&Rs and like Joe Kentish, Dua Lipa's A&R, heard that, was a massive fan and, and got me involved with uh, El Divine. Okay. This girl that he was working with at the time, I think he still is. And it all just like, it's always the case that people hear things and it's just like a never ending sort of tree of like branches that mm. branch off. If you're, if you keep delivering sort of decent material, then 
that's yeah. sort of where it goes. But then, you know, fast forward to like now, there's a lot of it is just personal relationships. Like I was uh, with my friend Tom Mann because we were writing for Liam Payne mm-hmm. and he's friends with Lewis Capaldi. And then Lewis texted us and was like, oh, do you want to, do you boys want to grab a beer and like maybe write something? So he came to the studio. This was like two years ago now. Yeah. Um, and we wrote a song and then it was like, maybe it was in the work. It was sort of on the album for Lewis and then it was, and, and then it was, and then it was. And, and then <laughs> eventually uh, Rita Ora's team heard it and she cut it. Um, and fast forward <laughs> two years, put it out just as lockdown kicked off. So that was, a, I mean, obviously a car crash, but it's <laughs> funny like that. That story is like, you know, that's just an example of a story where there's not really any like formality or team involved. It's just happened through like relationships. Yeah. Personal relationships. Yeah. Which is nice. I mean, it's when, that, when it comes about through that kind of organic way, just, you know, people, yeah, you know, music, totally. music lovers, music creators, um, teaming up, um, on, you know, sharing passions and stuff. I suppose that's when you produce some really cool stuff, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. That's like how it should be. Right. Like that's, that's when it happens. It's like, Oh my God, I can't believe that actually happened. Cause that's how it feels like this whole thing should be happening. And I think the higher up the ladder you go, the more sort of opportunities you can create for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So obviously uh, a more recent collaboration of yours that we, you've already mentioned is with the vamps. Um, and that yeah. latest, that latest record's been, it's been in the works for quite a while, hasn't it? Um, tell us a bit about yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, the whole album has been in the works. I mean, the, the yeah, the latest one, Chemicals, they just put out is kind of like a, um, a sort of a bridge between the two singles. It's just like another taste from the album. Okay. Um, but that was sort of like the first song we wrote from the album. Um, and that was pre-lockdown. That was, I think, December last year. Um, and so that was in-person session. Okay. And got the vibe. And then the the, the first single that they put out, which is called Married in Vegas, um, which was, you know, like it's just been BBC radio on track of the week and stuff. And it's, it feels like it's doing really well, but that song is, was completely born out of zoom in the middle of lockdown. Really? Like, over, and it was actually the last thing we did for the hour. We, we were sort of on zoom having a beer for like, just to say, yay, the album's done or whatever. Um, and then we were just playing with this riff and that that song was born out of it and somehow ended up jumping the queue and ended up being the first single and getting this sort of the bigger push. And it's just so interesting that that happened yeah. without any of us seeing each other in real life. Do you know what I mean? It's mad, it's isn't it? Mad. Yeah. Um, and even like that, you know, cause they're, they're all great players in that band and the drummer, um, Tristan was doing stuff in the studio um like remotely in metropolis was re- recording drums and it's it was all like just crazy that i didn't see them yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i haven't met some of them it's mad and i've done half the album it's, it's you know crazy crazy so i, I want to talk about um well I, want, I actually wanted to play one of your more recent tracks actually um oh, cool. so you, you did unbelievable uh why don't we which is that's hit 100 million streams um, which is fantastic. Yeah. Zed and Kalani's good thing. Um, 125 million streams. Like, you know, these tracks are, these tracks are doing fucking really well, you know? Um, yeah, I, I, I wanted to play a little bit of good thing. Cause, um, 
I think it's uh, it's a really nice track, which I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play a little bit now, and I'll come back to you in a sec if that's all right. Okay, thanks, man. I'm not always cold. I'm just good on my own, so good on my own. I've always been told one day I'll find somebody who changes my mind. If they come along, I won't think twice. Cause I got a really nice like summery vibe to it um yeah when when did that when did that drop that record um almost exactly a year ago i think october last year okay um yeah i mean it's that was a crazy journey that song because we i don't know if you want to like go into it yeah absolutely yeah yeah if there's a story behind it we want to hear it yeah absolutely (laughs) i mean it's just like an interesting example of like you write this i mean it was a we, I basically wrote that with another producer called Starsmith um, and a top planner called Cleo Tai. Um, and they're both like really close mates and just sort of, we were just mucking around. Um, and the first day it was just me and Starsmith and we just sort of made a track, like literally kind of made that track without any top line, which is <clears throat> so rare for me. Like I, I would never really do that. I sort of hate just having a track set in stone and there's no, you know, flexibility with, with yeah. where it can go. Yeah. Um, but for some reason that, that time it just really worked. And the next day Cleo came in um, and we all worked on the top line together and it just sort of felt like a really nice process. But we, we ended up with this song that's like a slow six, eight kind of waltz um, and kind of, you know, quite like classic, um jazzy chord arrangement is kind of you know the last thing we were were thinking when we wrote it was this is going to go to some like massive dj in the u.s Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's like we were thinking best case scenario would be like i don't know selena gomez ariana um and so i went to la and started pitching it around and it was kind of like it got a lot of love but everyone was like for some reason there's something about it that i don't really connect with um and we came, I came back to London and, and wrote with the guys again. And we just sort of tweaked the lyric to be, I already got a good thing, as in, I'm good. Like, it was a positive thing. Because before it was like, I don't really need a good thing from you. Like, I don't want, I'm so messed up that I'm going to ruin your good thing. Yeah. And the, the like you said, it's so summary and a kind of like, positive sounding track that the top line just didn't really add up to that sound yeah Uh, and once we changed that suddenly it all clicked and it was so quick it was like the quickest cut we've ever had it was like really yeah just mad like they they sent it to anton to zed um and he was like i need to work on this right now and sort of push the other singles they had lined up to the side and awesome that it was 
so exciting. It was like mad. Yeah. Yeah. So what's yeah. kind of like, you You know, you talked about you didn't have a top line for that. Um, what's kind of like your general process when it comes to, to writing and collaborating with artists? Do you kind of start with the top line, then, you know, get the melody, then go with the lyrics? Or is it is it kind of different depending on who you're working with? Yeah, man, it's always, Obviously. always different. Yeah. Um, I think that what I tend to try and do first, if it's especially if it's someone I haven't, you know, worked with before, is just talk for like an hour if not more and just try and you know get a connection just personally um and also just try and you know work out where they want to go where they see this going and and what it's going to be like because when I was first starting out as a producer writer I would just rush into like frantically trying to get some chords or like make a beat like as soon as they got in I'd be like do you want a tea okay let's go uh (laughs) and it would be just chaos because I didn't even know what they were like you know I was I was I was just trying to like I was just so nervous and energetic mm-hmm. and like trying to get to it when and and now I've realized that it's you've just got to like take your time get to know the person yeah and don't start anything until you're sort of sure or at least have an, an idea of where you might want to go um and then yeah when it comes to like top line and um melodies or lyric first it it really depends on the artist or the writer like a lot of people like to just vibe on the mic and sort of come up with melodies first mm-hmm. um or a lot of writers especially in the u.s i find come in with will come in with like a lyric or a concept um and be like okay i've got this thing this idea and kind of build around it like yeah let's build around it what's the emotion of it what's the like harmonically what what would sort of fit it like like i was just saying with good thing yeah it's a summary vibe so a good thing has got to be like a good thing like a good thing yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. um so yeah it really depends but all about communication basically yeah yeah no it's that's super important um and uh yeah I, i just wanted to know a little bit about your workflow as well we spoke about um you know your writing and um and that kind of stuff but I also wanted to know about your kind of technical workflow is there any bits of particular bits of kit or software that you've been using or have used over the years which have really stood out for you um in terms of like how they fit into your workflow I mean I've always worked in Pro Tools which um surprises a lot of people actually because I think I have uh I don't know it's kind of like an electronic pop sound that I've got and it's Mm -hmm. uh in the UK, at least, it's quite rare that, that people work in Pro Tools, I think, for that um, lane. In the US, it's a bit more common. But yeah, I've always been in Pro Tools, and I always, I think, like, the, the thing that I always have in every session, it's not necessarily about the, the VST, you know, like, plugins that I'm using, but mm-hmm. it's every session I have on every channel, there's um, a compressor, an EQ, a reverb yeah um, at the, uh, sort of at the end of each channel there's always those and they're inactive most of the time but they're there to be made active and mm-hmm. um a lot of what i do is automation based basically so they're all set up to be automated and mm-hmm. whatever plugin i've got at the front of that chain whether it's massive i use a lot for example for bass sounds yep. or um use a lot of the native instrument stuff the arturia stuff's great um I've got a fair amount of outboard stuff here. Profit six in front of me is kind of the, like the main workhorse. Um, but okay, okay. It's, it's basically everything has the option of going through 
various chains. And then <laughs> if I'm in my studio here, I've got um, basically got this setup where to my right, there's kind of a table of uh, various different keyboards, like a, voco- a mini Nova vocoder thing. Mm-hmm. And then also a, a, um, a pedal board, which has got a Strymon Big Sky and a Strymon Time Live and this um, hypnosis, hypnosis pedal box thing that's made by Dreadbox, which is great. It's kind of like 80s reverbs and chorus flanger okay. stuff. But basically, I can send anything from Pro Tools to that and back, like at the you know in real time, and it's kind of a lot of fun to just play, loop things and, and play with the sounds on that. Um, but to be honest, my biggest sort of see, it's not a secret, but the biggest secret of being creatively flexible is that I often have a kind of template set up for each session, and I'll have like some drum sounds that I've you know, just thrown together, thought like this could be the right palette for this artist or or session. Yeah. And then I'll have the whole session in, in sort of polyphonic equivalent of flex time. So it's like all the tempos can change. Everything can change. Easy to edit the drums. Or I've also got like XO, which is a drum sort of um, software instrument there. So we can play drums in or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'll make sure I've got a few synths, like again in the right sort of sonic palette maybe a few like loops or weird little samples that are ready to go mm-hmm. um and just basically have everything a few ideas there that they might even be hidden tracks you know what i mean they're just there yeah in case we need them and it's all flexible with time and you can they can all be pitched uh it's really quick and it's just like it's all about energy for me and like keeping that energy of the session up um and i'll often I'm not precious about like importing things from other sessions. Like if I, if I can remember this loop I've got in another song that was never used and I I think it would sound good. Mm, mm. Just like, you know, that's one of my most common shortcuts is importing something from another session. And then it automatically snaps to the tempo, just make sure it's in the right key and you're off. It's kind of like, yeah. And often there'll be similar structures. So it might even just plop into the right section of the track. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah interesting it is um, and it's quite a flexible way of working as well um yeah I which think is nice Pro Tools is rarely used like that as well which is weird because i just i personally i find it i mean it's because i've always worked in it i guess but it's just easiest to sort of visualize things mm. i really mm. like having the waveforms in front of me and um yeah yeah I've worked in it yeah. awesome awesome all right, cool. Yeah, I mean, at the moment with some of the releases that you that you've had, you're kind of showing no sign of slowing down. Really, um, is there any anything that you've got in the pipeline uh, that you can talk about at the moment um, that you're working uh, on, artists you're collaborating with? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because it's obviously it's all like future stuff is all through. It's either stuff that was written before lockdown or is all through Zoom. So. There's, um, I have no idea when, but there's a BB Rexa album coming that uh, we've okay. done some stuff on, and that was really fun. But that was like pre pre lockdown, so it's been a long time yeah. in the works, and yeah. it's still like still doing bits and bobs to that. But that's been a lot of fun. Um, Little Mix have been doing bits and bobs with. That's been fun. I mean, that they've they've been lucky because I actually started working with them before lockdown. And we started, we got like two of the girls recorded this song and then it 
the lockdown happened and there was like a two month gap <laughs> and then metropolis studios in in london have mm. been amazing at like setting up a really safe system of uh, social distancing and, and getting the artists in okay where they don't even have to like they can just basically walk from outside straight into the booth without right. seeing anyone walk out and then in the other room it's just me and the engineer maybe socially distanced so we were able to record stuff and finish that song so that's been something that's been finished over lockdown cool um, there's a load more vamp stuff coming there's uh getting in with jls next week which is crazy oh, wow, I okay. to, like, grow, grow up listening to their stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um nice yeah man there's loads of stuff that i'm not really sure i can say but yes. it's just like um feel lucky that there's still things bubbling away basically yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. um you're also one half of a duo aren't you um yeah about, about, a, girl, a, girl. about a girl yeah so and yeah. You, you're signed to universal as well tell us a little bit more about that yeah, so that's um, a project that I started with a friend of mine called Tom Mann, who is a uh, amazing topliner writer, um, and we met writing for Liam Payne. Uh, we had this song out; <laughs> it was like a, a target-only bonus track on his album that okay. was only out in the US or something mad. So we were like very early on in our um, writing careers, but we were like writing all these songs. Really felt like we we loved them and they weren't necessarily being cut or being used for anything. So we just sort of toyed with the idea of pulling them back to us and like making them sound like something that we would stand behind as a duo. And then naturally it kind of just grew from there and, and it's become this really nice, like uh, kind of escape. I mean, it's not, not that I don't, I mean, I love doing mainstream pop music. Like that's what I do day to day, but that, our stuff is a little more left leaning and a little bit more it's just an opportunity to be weirder basically yeah what kind of sound is it in terms I mean, of like you know you say you know your mainstream stuff your day-to-day is, is kind of the the mainstream yeah. pop stuff but yeah i mean it's kind of, i don't really know what what to describe it's like um kind of quite harsh like atonal like a lot of us hip hop influence in the drums, like okay. really rhythmic, but then a lot of like Tom's voice is very sort of R and B sounding. And we do a lot of sort of that kind of like chordal stuff that okay. we wouldn't necessarily do in like a little mix song, for example. Um, yeah. But it's, but also it's, it's like conceptually and, and lyrically like an opportunity for us to talk about things that aren't like, wouldn't be necessarily a thing like in a in a really mainstream artist song like yeah um, yeah so it's just like a real like experiment and it's also i think for both of us it's given us like this especially being signed to a label and seeing the pressure of you know what that's like and 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 how people apply pressure in terms of like you need to be active on socials and you need to be promoting everything it's like it's been a real sort of window into the, into an artist's life and that I never really fully appreciated until now how much work it is. To yeah. Be an artist. Yeah. And not just the music side of it, the whole kind of like marketing yourself yeah, and like, yeah. Yeah. Living it. Like you really do. It's hard and we're not good at that at all. Partly because we're working on other people's music. Half oh, the time, yeah. so we're not like, 
sat around doing TikToks all day. Um, but it's, <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I didn't really, I sort of took for granted how hard artists work to stay relevant and, and like present on socials all the time. And it's exhausting. Mm. It's like, mm. you, you can't really turn it off. Yeah. So do you think you'll have time to, to release some stuff, you know, some about a girl stuff uh, soon or is it kind of, the you know, your work yeah. with other artists taking, taking main stage at the moment? Um, it's been, it's been difficult over lockdown because we sort of, I think for us, we really do need to be in the room together because we're just like really tight and, that, and that's just how we've always done it. Um, but we, you know, since the, the restrictions were eased, like we did a week together in the studio and so we're yeah we're writing more stuff it's kind of hard to say when we'll we'll put more out um yeah because we're just sort of like we're kind of taking a little break in a way but like gathering new sort of ideas and sounds and then we're just sort of waiting to see how this whole situation pans out and when the best time to to put it out is Um, yeah yeah that's the beauty of that project is that there's no real not too much pressure musically and we're sort of in control of when and when and how mm-hmm. to do it so yeah that's great that's great yeah, and we, it kind of gives you that little bit more freedom as well um to yeah. kind of put your mark on it but yeah that's great um i'm i'm glad you've got so much going on at the moment because like we've said yeah <laughs> like we've said it's like people are struggling and and you know you've just got to be kind of I guess you've got to be grateful that, um, that, you know, there's, there's work there, I guess. And, yeah. and it's such, and it's fucking great, great of, work you know, as well. Yeah. I was thinking about it as we were speaking, but like that is, it sort of has gone in phases because at the beginning of lockdown, no one really knew how long this was going to go on for. And so I think a lot of the work at the beginning of lockdown was people being like, okay, we've got these songs that are sort of like our artists can't be in the studio um so let's get these songs that they sort of have like finished let's get like the ones that we like mixed and so as a producer it was quite a busy period because labels were coming and being like okay we're actually going to finish this one and we need to like Mm. get this one ready to go um and sort of like they were just hustling trying to sort of prepare for when things opened up again yeah not knowing that it was you know going like it's going to be chaos especially in the u.s um and then since then, it's kind of moved into sort of like, okay, well, what can we do with this time? Like, can mm-hmm. we use this as an opportunity, like Vamps, to do this whole album and really dig into the sound? Because if it hadn't been for lockdown, I probably wouldn't have done that whole album. Like, maybe, yeah. I mean, not, I didn't do the whole album, but like, a, you know, I wouldn't have got as into the album as I did. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's put a different perspective on everything. Yeah. It's a bit of a weird twist of fate, I guess, in a sense that, um, you know, yeah. it might not have happened had, had it not been for, for, for what's been going on, I guess. I mean, um, exactly. yeah. maybe yeah. it's a blessing in disguise. I don't maybe, know. maybe. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> All right. Um, Pete, it's been lost boy. It's been so good to, uh, to talk to you today, mate. And, um, thank you I for joining. Thank you for joining us. Uh, it's so been, it's been it. super interesting listening to kind of your musical journey so far and, well, um, yeah. And, uh, and, and best of luck for, for everything that you've got going on at the moment. Um, new releases, new music. I'm sure there's a lot more for us to, to look forward to. So, um, thanks so yeah, much. Thanks so much, man. All right. All right. Um, you take care and uh, hopefully we'll catch up soon. Great. Nice one, Colby. Cheers. Good, man. Thanks.
Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.